Mark your calendars and join all your ACB friends June 17th for the ACB Summer Auction. It's going to be a fun night of friends and fundraising for ACB. Some of our ACB leaders will be auctioning off items such as crafts, collectibles, jewelry, vacations, and food. It all gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. But you can get a head start on all the fun with the Appetizer Auction, June 15th and 16th. To find out more, get in touch with Leslie Spoon by emailing Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. That's Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. Get ready to get bidding at the ACB Summer Auction, Saturday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, or good afternoon, depending on where you are. I'd like to welcome everyone on Zoom as well as all those listening on ACB Media. Mm-hmm. I want to thank uh, Danette as our host. Even and, in Clubhouse. Uh, in Clubhouse, yes. Mm-hmm. Forgot Clubhouse, yes. <clears throat> Welcome Clubhouse. Um, we have Herbie in, in, uh, as our streamer, and I'm not sure who's... Um, Herbie. Okay, Manning Clubhouse, great. Okay, so I want to welcome each of you to the June... 2023 Burl Cauley Leadership Institute uh, training. So tonight, you know, with convention, wow, just around the corner, uh, really just around the corner, um, we will soon be conducting some convention business, very important convention business. And along with that comes uh, responsibilities for certain people. (laughs) So um, very recently, affiliate leaders had to submit to uh, ACB Secretary Denise Colley uh, the names for three different positions. And those are the positions we're going to talk about tonight. But you're not going to have to listen to me much longer because I have help here. So um, but we are going to talk about uh, the roles and responsibilities of the affiliate delegate, the affiliate alternate delegate, and the representative to the nominating committee. Um, And so I've got some people that are going to talk about those positions. uh, But before we actually get to that, um, we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, the delegates and delegate votes, because this will make sense when the um that's some of the responsibility of the delegates and, and representative of the nominating committee and all that is is handling votes for your affiliates and so um ray campbell's gonna talk to us about like uh the affiliate the constitution side of of the, this information this information he is i you're on the constitution committee ray Yes, I'm the officer right. liaison. Right. So take it away, Ray. Thank you. Well, thank you, Donna. And uh, not only that, but I served as Constitution and Bylaws Chair for six years. So uh, I 
I, I guess that means I know what I'm talking about. So we'll, we'll, we'll all find out by the end of my presentation here. Um, so I'm just going to take a few minutes to talk about the Constitution and bylaw side of this, because it's really important. Now, all of you have chosen your delegates, alternates, and <clears throat> nominating representatives already. Um, but um, there's a couple of really important pieces in the Constitution and bylaws that relate to this. And I'm going to just kind of talk about where they are, what they say, and maybe a, a little bit about why it is, why they're, they're written the way they are. So let's, we're actually going to go a little backwards because this is the order in which it's written in the Constitution and bylaws. So first we're going to talk about the nominating committee. And that is referenced in Article 6, Section D of the Constitution. And what it basically says, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but it basically talks about how the nominating committee is constructed. And there are a couple of really important points here. Number one, that you, you can only be, if you are chosen as a representative on the nominating committee, you can only serve for one affiliate. And um, that is done so that um, you can't have somebody serving for you know, more than one affiliate that maybe, you know, want to vote in favor of uh, certain individuals or, or that too. The other thing is it, it diversifies the representation just a little bit. Um, the, the other important point about that is that you cannot serve on the nominating committee if you are actively seeking office in ACB or if you are an officer of ACB unless you're the only person from your affiliate that is there. So, um, and that's, and the, re and the reason that that is put that way is pretty obvious, I think. Uh, number one, you don't want officers serving on the nominating committee who could wield undue influence over those proceedings. And, you know, getting certain people nominated to director and board of publications positions that, they might favor. Obviously, the nominating committee is puts together the slate of candidates for office. And this year, we're electing officers. And so you don't want somebody that's running to be there and obviously um, be sitting in that room, uh, or in, in this case, a Zoom room, when the people on the committee are voting. Um, so that's why that's this is written the way it is, to try and make sure that this process is as transparent and as free from any undue political influence as possible. Um, it goes back really to the history of ACB and how it was founded. As you might recall, ACB, ACB was founded by people who had grown increasingly frustrated with a number of things that were happening in the National Federation of the Blind. And I won't go into those here. You can read, I would encourage any of you that want to learn that history to read People of Vision, the history of the American Council of the Blind. It's uh, uh, available on BARD. And so if you'd like, or through your local library. So if you'd like to read that, certainly would encourage that. Okay. So that's the nominating committee. And that's, you know, why it's constructed the way it is. And what happens is, so each affiliate selects their representatives, which you've all done. 
This year, the nominating committee is going to be meeting on Monday, June 19th at 8 8 p.m. Central Time, um, immediately following the uh, uh, call to order of the convention. They'll be meeting via Zoom. Um, And that meeting is the only closed meeting within ACB. It's the only committee meeting that's closed. Um, And I will emphasize this, and you'll hear it more and more and more, especially those of you that are serving. Get there on time. That room is going to open at 7.30 for you to get into that room. If you are not there by 8 p.m., the door, the room locks, and you cannot get in. So please be there on time. I, In some days of conventions, I have seen people who got there just a minute or two late, and they were not allowed in. And so uh, it's very important that you're there to represent your affiliate and, uh, you know, put, help put the slate of nominees together. Okay. So now we move on to delegates and alternates. And here we're looking at bylaw seven, section A of the constitution. And the really important point that needs to be made here is that if you are a delegate or an alternate for one affiliate, you cannot be a delegate or alternate for another affiliate. Um, so that you can only be delegate or alternate for one affiliate. So um that means really what it says so if say you're a delegate for affiliate a you can't be a delegate or alternate for affiliate b likewise if you're an alternate for affiliate a you can't be a delegate or alternate for affiliate b and and the reverse would be true as well now why is that well there's a couple of reasons for it um one of the reasons is it's a really important one is that as delegates and alternates, you're, you have a, a, a big responsibility when anything that requires a record vote is happening. Uh, you have to collect the votes from your affiliate members. And the way you do that is largely up to you as your affiliate. You can decide how you want to do that. But your affiliate gets a certain number of affiliate votes. And what you need to do is understand how your affiliate wants those votes cast. So you, what you're really doing is going to your membership, as many who you can reach or you know, who text you or email you or however you're doing it. And you're going to say, um, you know, say, hey, how do you want the affiliate to vote? And then based on that, you, you take the percentage of people that say they want the affiliate to vote for candidate A and candidate B and so on, maybe three or four candidates. And you, you take those percentages and you, you apportion your votes, uh, your affiliate votes. And then when you go through the roll call process, the delegate or alternate will announce um, to the secretary how those votes are, or votes are being apportioned. And um, so that, so you have quite a bit of responsibility there. Uh, so it would be very difficult to be doing that for more than one affiliate. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that it is set up forth in the bylaws that you can't do that for more than one affiliate. Now, if you're the only person from each of the affiliates involved, then you can do it. Um, but that very rarely happens. We have seen cases where 
somebody is the only person from one affiliate and they basically take all three positions. But um, how do you, um, how do you select your, how do you, again, how you vote, how you get that, get that affiliate vote figured out. That's really up to you um, how you're going to do it. Remember that this year, what we're going to be doing for record votes is uh, we're going to be uh, doing elections starting on Monday, July um, 3rd. And um, there will also be July 5th. There's going to be a record vote on all of the Constitution and bylaws amendments and any resolutions that come forward for a record vote. So in the July 5th case, going into July 6th, that's when the roll call will be for that. You're going to have to get votes for multiple items. So um, that is a little bit uh, more of a challenge, but we did it last year. I think we can do it again this year. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, how the representation has to be uh, set up in the Constitution and bylaws. Um, so um, that's kind of the uh, the justification for it and why it's the way it is. Um, so I will uh, turn it over. Donna, who am I turning it over to? I yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. So okay. yeah, I've got the I've got the list. Um, so we're going to go through all our presentations and then open it up for questions. Um, so you know, if you be thinking of your questions or write them down. If you're old like me, you have a question at nine oh five, and by the time questions come around, you forget your question. But anyway, so next um, we have Artis Basin, who's going to uh, review some. Uh, suggestions and, and ideas of, of how you can be the best uh, nominating committee representative for your affiliate that you can be. So artists, take it away. Okay, thanks, Donna. Um, as the nominating rep, you would be the person that would vote for the different positions as they come along. And the way it works is each officer for this year um, would the person that is the chair of the committee will say, okay, we're going to take nominations for president. And people that were wishing to run for president would have already asked one of the people that are serving on the nominating committee to put their name forward. And they also would likely have given that person or person, they can have one or two persons speak for them, and they would be given um, information for them to share with the group. After the nominations are all called for and they cease, then there is a vote taken, and it is a roll call of all the nominating committee members. And they go down the list and ask. Um, uh, for which one you're going to vote for. Now, in the nominating committee, it's a little different than when you're voting as a delegate. In the nominating committee, each affiliate only gets one vote. So um, even if you think your affiliate might like two or three candidates, you cannot split any vote because there's just one vote. You just have to pick one. And um, if you've been able to talk to like your board or 
um, members and you kind of have an idea how they would vote in this case, that is helpful. But sometimes the nominating committee comes before the business meeting of your affiliate, so you don't always know in advance uh, for the nominating committee which one they might want. So you just have to make your best judgment as to what you think your affiliate, which officer uh, might serve your affiliate the best. Then they go down the list after the president, then it would be the first vice president, second vice president, secretary, and treasurer. And all are handled in the same way that lasts for nominations from the floor. After nominations cease, then they take a vote. In rare cases, there's been a tie. I only remember one instance where there was a tie. And so they took another vote and then there was a choice made. One person obviously uh, changed their vote in order to not come up with a tie. But I've only seen it happen one time. So they go until they have a nominee for each person on the slate. So that basically is how the nominating committee goes. Then once all of them are done, you're asked not to tell anyone what the results were until the nominating person, the nominating committee chair uh, states it on the floor and lets everybody know what the slate is for the voting. So it's sometimes hard to keep mum about it. A lot of people will ask you, well, hey, who is the slate? And you should not tell them who was on the slate. I was a bad boy last year. My <laughs> wife was on it and I tried to get her. To, she wouldn't do it. She would not do it, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> so those are the, the key things to remember. And of course, as Ray stated, make sure you're at the meeting on time. I always urge people to make sure they try to sign into Zoom at least 15 minutes early because all of us have on occasion had a Zoom glitch where it took us a little bit. So I'd urge you to come on as quickly after 7.30 as you can. That way, you know you're gonna be in the room on time when they take the, uh, read the list of nominating committee reps. So I'll give it back to you, Donna. Um also, Artis, did you want to um, kind of remind people of how they can learn about the candidates um, oh, before sure. the nominating committee? Yeah, sure. I had that in my notes. <laughs> no problem. Sure. There is a candidates forum on June 14th, and that is where you'll hear from candidates who have put their name up for election. Uh, and most of them will be at the candidates forum. Obviously, there's always uh, somebody that might have a conflict and cannot make it to the candidates forum, but generally um, all the candidates are at the candidates forum and they're asked a number of questions and I believe even the audience can ask some questions. So that's a good way for you to hear about it and learn a little bit about them. There are also candidate statements on the acb.org website. So you can read the candidate statements that were put forward. And not everybody running all, always puts their candidate statements up there either. I mean, that's up to each individual candidate to decide if they want to put it up there. There is another a point to remember is anyone can be nominated at the nominating committee um, as well as on the floor or any office. 
So if I, all of a sudden, the day before nominating committee meeting, decide I want to run, I could tell an, or ask a nominating committee member to bring my name forward. And that is allowed. So not everyone will be at the candidates forum or on the statement page, but generally for officers positions, particularly, it's rare that they don't attend um, one or both of those. Thank you, Donna. Okay, thank you, Artis. So now we're gonna talk about the uh, roles and responsibilities of the delegate and, and alternate delegate. And Ray kind of touched on it a little bit, but to um, go into a little more detail, uh, Jeff Tom. Am I coming through? You are coming through, right. sir. Thank yes. you, Donna. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about how to operate as a delegate or alternate delegate. Um, and at the outset, let's just talk about the role of alternate delegate a little bit. And it's pretty obvious that an alternate delegate should be able, be able and willing to do everything that the delegate is going to do in it read another way or looked at another way the delegate sort of controls what's going to happen but you as the alternate need to be able to step in for the delegate to work with the delegate to make sure that all the duties are performed adequately so you need to be able to understand and perform all of the duties that that delegate is going to perform because you may end up doing them. So I'm first going to talk about the specific tasks that you're going to have to do as delegate or alternate delegate. And then I'll go on to how you're going to do them. And as Donna said, Ray did go over um, some of this. So you are going to have to operate in three different areas. The election of officers and perhaps another one or two elections may come up. You never quite know what's going to happen in ACB, but at the very minimum, you're going to be uh, voting on the election of president, a couple of vice presidents, secretary, and a treasurer. And you'll certainly know if there's going to be additional elections. And those, of course, will begin to occur on the Monday of, of the hybrid part of the convention. So that's July 3rd. And they could go all the way through Thursday. The next duty you're going to have to uh, work on is that with respect to resolutions, for those resolutions that require a roll call vote, which will be held um, I, I, on the 5th, I believe, you will have to cast your delegate vote. And I, I'm not sure whether that's going to be later on the 5th or early on the 6th. I get a little bit unsure sometimes as to how all these dates work. But um, you will be casting your delegate vote on any resolution that requires a roll call vote. Finally, all constitutional amendments 
have to go to a roll call vote. So you will have to cast your delegate vote for all constitutional amendments. In this particular case, uh, it looks as if there will be only two constitutional amendments, but anything is possible. So now let's turn to how to perform your tasks. I'm first going to start by telling you something that is worth knowing, but I hope you will completely ignore. There is nothing in the ACB Constitution or any of our other governing documents that tells you as a delegate or your affiliate how that that an, that a delegate should vote or how the votes should be determined or anything like that. So let me give you an example of what you could do as a delegate, but I hope you won't. Let's say that Artis and I are in the same affiliate as we are in California. And let's say I decide to run for, I don't know, secretary, which I am not going to run for. I don't want to run for anything. But anyway, so um, Artis takes a look at the California votes. She's the delegate. And she determines that, you know, 90% of the people want to vote for me, but she doesn't like me. So she casts all the delegate votes in California for the opposing candidate. Well, she's certainly entitled to do this. Now, I might scream and the other members of California might scream, but she is under the Constitution. There's nothing I can do. Now, should you vote that way? I certainly hope not because you're not reflecting what your affiliate wants, but you can because there is nothing in our documents that requires a delegate to do any particular thing. Having gone past that, and, and with a rather alarming uh, example, let's go on to the way things should operate. When it comes to election of officers, different affiliates act in different ways. But the key element, as Ray has suggested, is to understand how as many of the members of your affiliate want to vote as you possibly can. If you're going to be at convention, you should try to ask all of the members there how they want to vote. You should uh, be willing to. Um, take texts or emails or phone calls, whatever you are capable of doing and whatever others can do, um, so that you can find out as many of the uh, votes of people who are not at convention or who you just aren't able to meet, even if you are there. Because the more you know, the more you can adequately and uh, properly, appropriately represent the viewpoint of your affiliate. Some affiliates require that the majority, the, the person getting the majority vote get from the members gets all the vote of the affiliate. It's called the unit rule. So in my example, where uh, artist was casting our vote, if 90% of the people wanted me, sent wanted something else, She'd have to vote, if we use this unit rule, all for me, whether she liked it or not, um, according to her affiliate, the way her affiliate does. Most states, and especially just affiliates, 
do not use this rule. And they um, tried to come up with uh, as appropriate a representation of their membership's votes as they can. Now, of course, you know, you, you will not almost, you will never, I would say, hear from all of the membership of your affiliate for a variety of reasons. Some people just don't get around to it. Some people don't care. Other people don't want to tell you their votes. After all, we vote secretly, so people certainly don't have to. So you can only do your best. Um, but, uh, and other, well, I'll, I'll mention another way of finding out about votes in a second, but let's go on now to voting on resolutions. So with respect to resolutions, you are not going to know which resolutions are going to require a roll call vote until near the end of this month. We will be discussing them on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Um, I forget how many there are, but there's you know more than 15 and less than 20. And um, it could be that they will all pass or fail and that there will be no roll call votes necessary. But it could also be, as there was last year, several that did require roll call votes. So it's absolutely imperative, I think, as a delegate or alternate, that you understand the resolutions that are requiring a roll call vote. Because you need to be able to explain, you know, you may have members that ask you, I don't quite know about this, and I'm not sure how I want to vote on it. Can you talk to me about it? And you should be able to try and help them. I think that's part of what a delegate should do. Not, not to tell them how to vote, but to tell them um, what they are voting on and what the arguments are, pro and con. Um, I think it's really important that a delegate help to play that role. And of course, similarly, you're going to have to um, vote on the two or more, whatever there is, constitutional amendments. So you should understand those amendments as well. Another way in which many affiliates have begun to um, incorporate a mechanism whereby the delegate or alternate delegate understand how their members want to vote, whether it's for officers or, you know, constitutional amendments or resolutions, is by having um, Zoom calls in the evenings or, or whenever they schedule them. And this can be very effective because it gives, especially with respect to, you know, resolutions and constitutional amendments, but even officers, it gives a chance to actually discuss um, how people feel about things. You know, we used to do this before we had um, hybrid conventions. We used to do this in uh, state caucuses quite frequently, and special interest, special interest didn't have as many caucuses as states used to, but sometimes they did too. Um, so now, of course, we're switching to a Zoom mechanism, and this may be what your affiliate decides to do. Finally, I want to go over how a, a delegate and alternate delegate need to work together. It's a difficult task for 
one of the two individuals, sometimes it's necessary that they be done this way, but it's a difficult task for one person to gather up all of the member input and determine how to vote on everything. So the delegate and alternate should work together. And um, obviously, you know, the delegate will probably be, you know, providing the guidance as to how it should be done because they are the chief, um, you know, bottle washer, so to speak, on, on of the two of you. But you can work together, um, you know, both taking votes. Um, the the delegate, of course, needs to let the alternate know if um, they are not going to be able to vote in a particular contest or if they're not going to be available to gather the input. Um, that, that's something that um, a, a delegate needs to make sure is communicated to the alternate so that the alternate is definitely there to vote on those Zoom calls. Um, and remember that uh, you are going to be, you know, voting in, in this case, you are either going to be voting in the room if you are at convention, or you're going to be voting over Zoom if you are not in Chicago itself. So, you know, you have to make sure you're in the appropriate location at the appropriate time. If you're voting over Zoom, you have to have the, the necessary link because there is a, a delegate voting room. Uh, and um, and I think that basically covers what I had to say. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to be taking any questions. So if you want to be starting to raise your hands or whatever, you can. Um, so. As you heard, um, we as delegates and alternate delegates and nominating committee reps really do have a responsibility to, um, to our the members of our affiliate. Um, so as affiliate delegates, alternates and, and, and nominating reps, that, that's what we're representing our affiliates. So that that's what we need to think about when we are casting those votes. Um, so. You know, as we go through questions, um, we're going to really focus mainly tonight on the delegates, alternate delegates, and, and um, nominating committee, and related all to the affiliates. Um, so, if you have a question about how you vote individually, um, we might have to save that for another time. And and well, one of us is not an expert on that, so <laughs> you know that question may not be answered. So, do we have any? Um, Raised hands, Danette? Because I've done it for years and years. But um, I, Jeff, maybe you could explain to people who don't know why there may be, um, explain the why there might be a possibility that there would be a, a roll call for some of the resolutions. Absolutely. Um, and I should have done that. Thank you, Jean, for bringing that question up. So under our rules, if there are more than 25 well 25 or more people who are on the losing side then there is going to be a request for a roll call vote 
And if 25 people who voted on that losing side seek a roll call vote, then we have to hold one. That's mm -hmm. that's the rule. Mm -hmm. Okay. Put simply. Okay. All right. All right. Next, we have Anisio. Hello, Anisio. Hello, good evening. Thank you so much for this presentation. It's very helpful for people like me. It's the first time being a delegate. Uh, along All with, you need to know is, Anisio, just vote the way I tell you to. I, and I know. But the question is how best to, and you, you mentioned a little bit, Jeff, how to best coordinate efforts with the uh, alternate delegate. So if both of us are getting, say, texts or phone calls, we also have to keep track of who said what. Right, so we don't duplicate votes. How, how does that work logistically? Well, I don't. You know, that's a pretty tough question. <laughs> um, you probably need to at least uh, take a look and see whether the text or email is going to both of you, mm -hmm. and you know, keep a record of the perhaps separately of the ones that are going to you know both of you and tell your delegate and in your case you're the alternate tell your mm -hmm. delegate okay i had like you know x number it's almost impossible to keep well this person sent this email and this right, right, right. but if you had a number of those that went to both people then you can say look i had 10 that went to you as well so mm -hmm. i'm not counting them but I had, you know, 20 that sent it just to me, and here's the way they wanted to vote. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a great answer. I think that's a pretty tricky question. Yeah. Um, but I would, I what I would what I would do is leave the ones that went to both parties in the hands of the delegate, unless mm -hmm. unless you and the delegate decided the opposite, because somebody has to be sort of the the head honcho in right. terms of right. out that calculation. Right. Thank you. Well, wow. and my, my alternate <laughs> happens to be here, our esteemed host. So I'm sure we'll work it out. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, yeah, that's right. I'm putting it on her now. So okay. That. That's right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Who do we Greg have next? Peter. Oh, Greg. Okay. Hello, everybody. Greg Wansnyder with the American Council of Blind Students. Um, so first year, kind of being a delegate, um, this, I have a question. I am the delegate and I'm also um, signed up to be the nominating committee representative. Is there anything in the Constitution, ACB's Constitution that forbids that no um, no i just wanted no. to make sure no okay no. yeah that's that's uh, yeah. many people <laughs> in, in many affiliates yeah. it's it, a duplicate roles or, okay. you know you, you will often see that uh yeah triple okay it, it's uh you'll see that people are you know right. only prohibition is delegate and alternate or delegate for another affiliate um, okay, so can my, uh, just a f quick follow-up, quick, um, can my alternate delegate, because we are working as a team on this, can, will, um, can she also come into the nominating? No, 
No. Okay. No. Only okay. one no. person per affiliate for that. Okay. Okay. Right. Great. And Thank and you. only the um people who have been listed or you know w- with the secretary of ACB as the nominating committee uh, reps, they will be the only ones to get Zoom links. Now that brings up a point. If if something happens, let's say you have designated someone. Mm-hmm. And they get sick or something like that, and they can't do it. You know, if you find someone else, you need to make sure that uh, Denise knows that, so that and that. And I would also say, in that case, the chair of nominees should know that too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So change that. So if I get sick or die, you know, before convention, you know, someone my alternate can go in as long well as that would be up to your affiliate yeah, president so to, okay. to, to, to yep. you know <laughs> yeah. determine okay. that you know okay. Okay. Your, okay. your affiliate but, might decide to have the alternate but they might and they might have somebody else. else yeah but we're okay. praying that, we're praying that that doesn't happen no. yeah. <laughs> no. okay okay thank you i'm sorry for being <laughs> no no, no that, that, that's that's no a good question okay next, next. is sharon stokowski Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, I had a thought for uh, Anisio, and then I had a question. The one thing that we've done in our affiliate is one person, say the delegate, takes the texts and the emails, and the alternate takes people that want to call by phone. And then we confer together and decide on the vote. And that we don't, that way we don't have to. There you go. Great idea. one way to to work it out. But my question is, I know that um, when there's individual voting, it's for a block of time. And I'm wondering if you're suggesting that the affiliate vote that we get from our members has to be done in that amount of time as well. There is no no requirement in terms of when the affiliate, you know, for example, if I know that, you know, X is running for second vice president, I could tell you, I could tell Danette right now and Anisio right now, I want to vote right. against right. them or for them or whatever, right? I can do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we can decide how long to leave that open. Yeah. Um, Generally speaking, what most affiliates do, I think what I've seen is that while people are doing their individual voting, yeah, a lot of people will also send in that affiliate vote too. Right. While they're thinking about it. While you're thinking about it, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure, Sharon. But what you might want to do, though, because you'll need to have a chance to, especially for the the 5th and 6th of July, that all that stuff, you may may want to set a deadline, and this is up to you as an affiliate, you want to set a deadline by when those votes need to be in so that you have time and the alternate have time to put put all that information together. Right. So when exactly. the roll call comes, you're ready to uh, uh, tell Denise. Great. Thank you so much. Yep. Next is Christine Huntinger. Hello. Hello, I just, Chris. Hello, Donna. I just have a question. That's uh, Zoom being what it is and knowing that people get thrown out of Zoom meetings because their um, internet connection is unstable, et cetera. Um, has there been thought given to giving people a phone number to call to say, please let me back in the room? No, we haven't thought of that. We didn't have that problem last year and, or the year before that. Um, we haven't really seen that uh, kind of thing happen. So 
it, Chris, it would be just like if somebody walked out of the room to go to the bathroom uh, for uh, in person. I'm sorry, you don't get back in. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but um, we we haven't really. If we had a lot of that happening, uh, then I think we would definitely look at that. But uh, we, there's no provision for that. No. So, well, I have a vague memory a couple of years ago when I last served on nominating of of that happening, and and, and I'm kind of recollecting Brian maybe tried to, you know, allow somebody to come back in, but I may be dreaming this completely. It's probably something that that the chair we we ought to you yeah. know see find out from Brian Charles on the chair of that committee. How he would handle that if somebody just falls off right in the middle you know uh i don't know what he might do yeah i don't know either and i think and the, and the only problem with zoom is i'm not sure you you can see you can see if somebody drops off or you can hear if they drop off but um so you might you know, about the only way to handle that, and it's up to Brian as chair, I think, is to say, okay, we're going to unlock the room and let that person come back in, but only that person. And the other thing I want to say about nominating committee, too, it just made me think of something. You get that link. Do not share it with anybody. Do not share that link because then, you know, that way we make sure that it's only held within committee. So, yeah, Chris, it's actually a good question. Something that That is, yeah. About. So next we have Carla, Carla Russell. Okay. Um, just curious. Uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, two or three, and uh, some discussion, um, I had asked if there would be a list of the nominating committee representatives published in advance of the meeting, as there is, uh, as there. Uh, has been throughout the years at the convention. Um, do, do you all know if that is happening? I, I do not. I do not know. You know, it, it doesn't, idea, that is though. not, it, it, it yeah, no, it, it, it yeah, is good. That would and, be and, something that would be announced at the roll call were the, uh, at the opening session, should the nominating committee be after that session. So, and, uh, and therefore uh, it could be published and since it's been sent into the secretary, um, you know, several weeks in advance, uh, I'm just curious if that will be published and posted for everybody's information. We will. We will find try to find out. And uh, Donna, I'll take an action item to reach out to Denise and okay. uh, ask that she do that. Uh, basically, citing the fact that it would have been done. Uh, that people it, would have known those people in the past. Actually, Ray, actually, Ray, that that list that was distributed uh, at the in-person conventions before COVID included the nominating committee representative as well as the delegate and the alternate delegate, as um, mm -hmm. as as stated at that roll call. Uh, so, I do recollect. I do recollect that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I do too. Okay. Very good. Besides, I never debate Carla's recollections because they're usually about 100% <laughs> spot on. It can be a little thing, <laughs> We do have a hand in Clubhouse. 
Oh, okay, let's take it, and then we'll come back to Zoom. Sheila. Hi, everybody. Um, <clears throat> two comments. My first comment is I did host the nominating committee last year, and we did have some people, because of Zoom, get bounced off. We knew who all the nominating uh, individuals were, so um, Brian made the chair decision for me to unlock the room and let them back in if, only if they were the nominating committee um, person. So that did happen last year. Hmm. And my other question to you is, would you explain to those that may not understand if your affiliate has 23 votes and you have 40 people voting, um, how to calculate it real quick? <laughs> There's really no set way to do it. Um, Jeff mentioned in his presentation the unit rule, so that if uh, you know if somebody gets a majority, that uh, they get the, all the affiliate votes. Um, what I've done is I, I basically just do a simple percentage. So let's say that you had forty <clears throat> that, that cast votes. You have let's say you had. I'll make it easy. Let's say you had two candidates and you had. Um, you know, 13, you know, you know, 10 people who wanted uh, candidate A and 30 who wanted candidate B. Well, that's pretty simple. Uh, that's a pretty simple uh, calculation. So that means 75% of those who, who, uh, who let you know how they wanted to vote said they wanted candidate B and 25% said they wanted candidate A. So let's say, you know, you've got 23 votes. So you basically take and do a so you take twenty five percent of twenty three, and you may need to use calculator or something like that, and then you so you get that number, and then seventy five percent of twenty three get that number, and um, just you know, when the roll call comes, you just cast them accordingly. Um, um, just remember that you can only vote down to one half. You can't go yes. below a larger fraction. And that, and that is a good point. And the other thing, you can't vote more than the number of votes you have. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we, we used to get maybe in really Chicago cool. you can. I mean, I'm we're, we're, we're in Cook County. I don't know if that still counts or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, when your affiliate is called uh, to do the roll call uh, by the secretary, um, she will also indicate how many delegate votes mm -hmm. your affiliate mm -hmm. gets. Mm -hmm. So, in case you don't remember, or you know, she will say that. And, and actually, know, what I should have said is, you can you. only vote either a whole or a half. You can't vote yeah. any of the fraction than a half. Right. So, if you get a situation where you have maybe it would be one in four fifths votes, so you got to you got to get it to the near. I'd say round it to the nearest half um, if you can. Uh, that would be probably the best way to do it. So um yeah and um yeah and sheila it's good to hear your voice this is terry turla from kentucky um oh kentucky I, of course how can i not right. sorry <laughs> about that thank you um when a, a when 25 or more people who have voted on the losing for the a candidate who lost want how uh, want to do a roll call vote? 
how, what is the actual nuts and bolts um, process? How does that actually happen? Okay. Well, um, I'll start this and then Jeff, if you want to add, go ahead. So um, if, if you adopt the standing rules for the convention, so the way we're going to do it this year, if you adopt the standing rules, uh, which will be voted upon June 19th, that's the first order of business, Terry, is, so let's say that, um, so if, assuming, let's assume the rules get adopted, okay? So what we're going to do is for resolutions, this, this only applies to resolutions because constitution and bylaws and any candidates have to be done by roll call. So by record vote. So, so let's say a resolution two comes up and a resolution one comes up and only 10 people vote on the losing side. Well, we're not going to ask for a roll call there because it's less than 25, but let's say that, um, resolution four comes up and 28 people vote on the losing side. What then will happen is that uh, the president will ask, the presiding officer will ask, do those, are there 25 people who voted on the losing side that wish there, at least 25 that wish there would be a roll call, raise your hand. And then we'll discount that. Just because more than 25 people voted or 25 or more people voted on the losing side does not guarantee there's going to be a roll call because some people might say, well, okay, I lost, but I don't feel strongly about this. I feel the vote was pretty, because it might be 110 to 28 or something like that. And a lot of people are okay, well, you know, I don't like the fact I lost, but, you know, um, that was pretty clear. Um but um, if people feel, if it's especially if it's a vote that's really close, like say um, 50 to 42 or 50 to 40 or something like that, then you're probably going to likely mm-hmm. see that. But, you know, people want a roll call, we'll, we'll do one. So okay. that's how it's going to so work. If- You'll raise your hand. And, and, then, and then what will happen, just in case you want this part of it as well for your answer, when that roll call vote occurs, you will there will be a ballot with all the resolutions that require roll call votes on it, and you will vote through the vote now system, just like we have done for all of our um, basic roll call votes over the last few years. And they'll have a ballot, and you'll either vote yes or no on resolution number four and any other resolutions that require a roll call vote. Okay. Uh, yep. We have and less then, than. And then the and, and sorry. And then the delegate votes okay. will be done uh, over yeah. Zoom. We only have right. three minutes. Um. Good evening, everyone. It's Linda Perel, uh, California area code Maine resident. So I'm the delegate for the state of Maine this year, and um, I think Donna answered my question earlier, but I'll ask it again just to make sure. How many, how can I find out how many votes Maine has? Uh, if you, yeah, if you want to find out ahead of time, I mean, you can, you know, uh, either contact Denise or uh, Sharon um, Lovering in the national office would be able to tell you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That was easy. Am I unmuted now? You yes. are. 
Okay, quick question. The um, I'm on, I'm from Delaware, and I'm the nominating committee representative. Uh, I, I'd like to learn as much about the candidates ahead of time as I can, and I wondered if the candidate statements are up and yep. the easiest way to find them. Yes, they are. If you if you go to the acb.org website, and I, I don't know if you're a screen reader user, but this yes, is how I. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so I'm sorry if audience is not, but anyway, that's how it is. Um, so I just type the letter H after I get on acb.org. I oh, type H like, yeah. yeah, like two or three times. And then it says something about top links or something like that. And then arrow down one time. And I think the first link there is a the candidate's page. Okay, and, thank you. And I you just, you get on that, and then it will t you know you'll figure out what to do from there. Exactly. Thank you, Donna. I appreciate it. You're welcome. That. Michael Bington, you can unmute. Oh well, thank you. I have unmuted. I believe you and, are. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I want to just very quickly uh, explain uh, as an old geezer that's been around. Uh, my parents were charter members. Uh, that uh, the reason we have affiliate votes is that at one time there was no way for people who were not attending the convention in person to be able to vote. And the affiliate votes were to represent the strength of members of the organization that could not come to the national. Now, whether we'll be continuing that, uh, now that we are in a situation where we uh, can all vote is up to whether people want to amend the constitution in the future. But right now, the, it needs to be understood that there is no one way that the constitution directs for affiliate uh, or alternate people to poll how they should vote those votes. I can remember times when I knew that people at home didn't agree with me on something voting one way on the floor as a member and as and but then as the affiliate representing voting the majority of my affiliate votes absolutely the other way because I felt that that was the best representative of people who were not there but were members of my affiliate so uh, folks don't worry too much about how you do this there's no right or wrong way you have to answer only to the members of your affiliate as to whether they're satisfied with what you did. Or Great. Thank you, Michael. Th thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Is there, was there one more or something? Or is that, we have two that, more. Oh, okay. Make them real quick, whoever Doc. they are. Doc, you can unmute. Hey, I think Doc. I am. Am you I are. unmuted? Yes, sir. You yeah. are. Okay. I was just wondering, is there any provision for uh, members at large to vote? Yes. Individually, of course. You, you will have an individual And, and they can vote. be delegates, too, for that matter. There's nothing that prevents them from being delegates if, if, they're, a, if they're part of some affiliate or other. Yeah. Oh, real quick. At, at large. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, Doc. You'll get, you'll get a voting code sent to you, and that is how you will cast your individual vote. Thank and you. And it will yep. all be explained. Mm -hmm. Yep. The last person we have has already spoke. Okay. okay. Um, so if if there is a question that that really needs to be answered or whatever, you can all, always send it to community at acb.org and just say, you know, something about Burl Collie training or that leadership training or whatever. And they're going to know what you're talking about and they'll get it to 
uh, our, well, they'll probably just send it to our email list or something. And so if there is a burning question that someone didn't get to ask, um, you know, please don't hesitate to ask it. Um, you can send it through community at acb.org. Mm-hmm. I want to thank everyone for attending. We had over 50 people. We Wonderful. Did. We um, did. And hopefully this has been helpful to mm-hmm. people. And there will be no, uh, well, there will be Borough Collie Leadership Training mm-hmm. at the convention. So please don't miss it. Mm-hmm. it it's going to be, well, you, you just don't want to miss it. That's, a, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Look at your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for attending. Thank you, all those who volunteered to help us. You're welcome.